fourth indictment against former U.S. President Donald Trump might just now be the biggest yet. This one lists 18 defendants in addition to Trump. And they're all joined together by Georgia's anti-racketeering law, otherwise known as RICO. Uh, ABC News legal analyst Asha Rangappa explains why Fannie Willis, who is a Georgia prosecutor, chose to charge Trump with a statute that is normally associated with crime bosses and mobsters. He's listed 161 different racketeering acts in this indictment. And the way that RICO works is any individual defendant only has to have participated in two of those acts in order to be liable for the entire conspiracy. This is a way to get to the people at the top. This is how they go after mob bosses and gang leaders. And I think that this is how she's trying it. So what does this mean for the former president and for the state of America and the state of our world? You know, the tensions around this conversation are very, very high. So let's get into it right now with our guest, who's department chair and professor and the director of the Center for Public Opinion at UMass Lowell. Dr. Joshua Dick is joining us. Josh, thanks so much for making the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. So let's detail now just exactly what has happened. We're hearing now that these that this fourth indictment could be just the the biggest yet for Trump. Do you agree with that? And and why do you think that is? Well, it, it expands things in a lot of ways. Um, uh, up till now, we've had federal charges, uh, but now we have um, you know a state prosecutor. Um, going after Trump and and filing charges, and then, you know, 18 co-defendants, a RICO case in the state of Georgia. Um, It means that, you know, Trump has been, you know, indicted, and he's going to have to face both a federal case and also state charges at the same time. So does this change anything in terms of his ability to still campaign or run or even potentially win the presidency, which is obviously what he's shooting for? I I mean, yes and no. Um, You know, to a certain extent, this this has the potential to, one, divert his attention Mm -hmm. um, a a little bit. And this is also going to be extremely costly for him. Out a pretty big defense. Uh, At the same time, the he still can keep running for for president this is georgia though which is going to be a key swing state and so to the extent that this um affects perception in georgia that matters because a lot of this centers around the way that he handled and dealt with republican public officials in the state uh in the previous cycle what is his camp saying what are we hearing from him or any of the any of those charged well, we, we've heard for a couple of days sort of coming out already, which was that, you know, we, we, we had started to hear the, the sort of the personal attacks on the um, Fulton County District Attorney, um, uh, Fannie Willis, mm-hmm. right? That this is an overreach, this is an overzealous prosecutor, that this is, and, and we've even heard some, some folks say, at the national level who are critical of Trump on the Republican side, that maybe this was unnecessary. Um, but I, I think, you know, what's coming out of Trump's camp is, is the same, that, you know, that they, they didn't do anything wrong, that, that, that this prosecutor is just out to get them. But, you know, that's, it's, it's mostly bluster, right? It's hard to deal with the fact that most of what they're saying happened actually did happen. Like, mm-hmm. we know that this conversation between Trump and, um, and, and 
and Brad Raffensperger actually did happen. It, it seems like it's becoming more and more of an uphill battle to try and fight against these charges. And there are some, some suggestions and some coverage that some of the 18 defendants that are named might plead guilty in order to lessen their sentences. So the number of people that are named in this, I think, Josh, is interesting. How do you think that could potentially play out either for or against Trump? Well, I think that that's the strategy of the prosecutor here, right? It's just that using the RICO law, you really are after, you know, the the head honcho. And so Trump is the target here. By naming 18 co-defendants, you're you're essentially trying to turn those people into um, witnesses for the prosecution, essentially, because uh, all of those people who've been sort of caught up in this are going to be worried about their own sentences and their own legal defense. And yeah. so um, that's really, I think, where where this case is unique uh, against the federal case. What's interesting is that there was a, a two-page report that was posted to the, uh, from this Fulton County Courthouse yesterday. This docket was posted and then immediately removed. Does that piece of the story matter? Does it play into this? Was what was seen on that original docket different than what eventually came out later yesterday evening? I think that 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 there's going to be something made of that. Anything that there's a perception of um, by by the Trump campaign, you know, or by by Trump that that seems like there was something uh, amiss or awry, they're going to try to use. Um, but I, I think that more than anything, you had. Um, sort of they were doing business as usual and they usually say that within three hours of them saying they have this information that it will then get posted and sort of every you know news editor in the world was chomping at the bit to get this story last night so i think that uh, a lot of that was like them trying to make sure that they you know posted everything posted everything accurately so i i think that there's probably nothing to that Mm -hmm. in in the the long run but that's that's the but but it will be made something right perception is key yeah i think you're absolutely right politically josh what do you think comes of this well, I think what comes of this is is that th- there's a mounting argument for um, for Republicans who want to replace Trump to say, "Look, Trump has become a distraction. You know, these these charges are are not going away, right? There's federal charges, there's state charges, there's all these people involved, and so you know, if you want a replay of 2020 and you want this to become the circus then republicans should vote for trump but republican voters still have the power to sort of change the outcome here and and pick somebody else and that would avoid uh, a lot of this mess and i i think that that's where you're going to the um, Trump's opponents, many of whom have been critical of Democrats, prosecutors of the prosecution of Trump, and you're already starting to see it the last few weeks with statements by Chris Christie and Ron DeSantis, where they're sort of starting to distance themselves from Trump and starting to say, look, you know, the election interference, you know, everything he said about fraud, it actually didn't happen. Joe Biden won the presidency. 
And so, so I think that this has the potential to damage Trump. That said, he still has a prohibitive polling lead. And, and so, um, you know, this is certainly going to become part of the center of the election if he becomes the nominee for the Republicans yet again. Yeah, I mean, and that's what polls would suggest is that his um, his his popularity is not necessarily waning because, because of this. There are really fervent supporters, and then there are those that are completely against. And I think the tensions being so heightened right now is a really interesting part of this because the conversation around civil war continues to come up. I, I want to get your thoughts on that uh, in just a few moments. We have to take a very short break. So if you'll just bear with us, we'll come back into this conversation in three minutes talking about Trump and now 18 others indicted in Georgia over a alleged election interference. Our guest is Dr. Joshua Dick, department chair and professor and the director of the Center for Public Opinion at UMass Lowell. We'll be right back with him in three minutes. We're talking Trump, of course, Trump and now 18 others indicted in Georgia over this alleged election interference. Uh, Our guest is Dr. Joshua Dick, department chair and professor and director of the Center for Public Opinion at UMass Lowell. Uh, Josh, thanks so much for sticking around on hold. Really appreciate your time this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. There is a lot of conversation about what this all means and however this unfolds, whether Trump is found guilty or not. I mean, I think that the, t- the tensions right now that are being felt in the states are at a boiling point. And it's it's trickled up now. You know, even just looking at our text line right now as we're having this conversation with our listeners, uh, there's people that are frustrated by this conversation and those that support and those that don't. There are clear sides to this. So is the idea of a civil war or as a result of all of this, something that is realistic to entertain? What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't know how close we are to outright, you know, violence in the streets. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's alarmist, right? But I do think that we are at a, at a fever of partisanship, partisan-motivated reasoning, where people refuse to see the reality of a situation and instead are interpreting everything through their partisan predisposition. And this is true for Democrats and Republicans, right? But Trump has brought something special out in, in, you know, in, in Republicans. Like this is a person who, you know, if you spend some time um, driving around the United States, people put up, you know, Mon, you know, basically monuments and flags to Trump in, in their front yards. Like he's inspired something among a minority of mm-hmm. Americans, but but they see an attack on Trump as an attack on them. And so there there is something to be said for the fact that no matter you know Trump is can't do anything wrong in the eyes of some segment of Americans and for others he is just you know vile and unacceptable and that you know he really exacerbated something that was already getting worse in American politics. Yeah, I mean I think you know the the cause for concern when it comes to violence you don't have to look much further than than January 6th and that insurrection at the Capitol. So I mean I think the the concern is really it's valid and the the situation that you describe, I think, in the States right now is one that we can probably all really closely imagine after following it uh, here as Canadians. Do you agree with the idea that Trump is not necessarily seen by a lot of people as a person, but more so as a cause and a representative? 
I, I do. You know, the the one piece that that, um, that that gives me a little bit of hope here is is that um, I I do think that um, people follow their partisanship and are willing to let politicians go at a certain point. And so, you know, if Trump loses at some point, loses the nomination, loses to Joe Biden again, um, I I think that there will be a a reckoning within the Republican Party Mm. about that. And I think you're already starting to see the 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 beginning of that um so there is this view that you know while some people it's trump or nothing for others trump has become sort of the emblem for what conservatism and what republicanism is and to a certain extent has transformed Mm. what that means in american politics but that doesn't mean it can't get transformed again well dr dick thank you so much for making the time this afternoon really appreciate your great insight and perspective Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Take care. That's Dr. Joshua Dick, uh, department chair and professor and director of the Center for Public Opinion at UMass Lowell. Okay, so uh, lots of conversation, I think, still to be had about Trump. You know, where however you feel about this conversation, you can't deny that this is this is history making at this point. And it is certainly newsworthy.